Hello and welcome to Sidewalk Monastery. I'm Kelly Tagg. And I'm Marky Oliver. And we are here today at Rosebud Coffee House in Muncie, Indiana uh, to interview a couple friends of ours. Uh, we have Jesse Longworth. Hello. And uh, Robert Abner. Hello. And we're here to talk about anything at this point, I think. Yeah, anything that's on your mind. And you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe telling us who you've been listening to these days or um, just whatever is really popping up for you. I mean, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and you know, <laughs> I know you got some comments about that. And, um, and Robert, you do a podcast even. And, I do. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe we ought to start with you all. Maybe take a minute to introduce something about yourself that you want everybody to know. Go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, come on, Jess. Anything, everything is a scary proposition. Um, Jesse Longsworth, uh, live in Albany, Indiana. Um, I don't know. Uh, I work at the United Methodist Church. Uh, married, have three kids. Um, um, You're a mechanic, aren't you? I was. Well representative of Muncie in the game. And he can fix anything, which is really nice. If it's fixable, sure. It's fixable, you can fix it. If it's mechanical, which is really cool. Although I'm still working on you, Marky. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might take a while. And I think everybody's working on Jesse. But that's fair. Yeah, well, I can't fix it myself, so. Um, and Robert? I'm Robert Abner, and I serve as pastor at Lutheran Church of the Cross here in Muncie and Grace Village, which is our Lutheran Episcopal Presbyterian and United Methodist campus ministry at Ball State University. Uh, former social studies teacher. Um, yeah, I live here in Muncie with my wife and our little dog, Puka. So, that's, uh, yeah, that's me. Well, welcome you both. Uh, yeah. Welcome both of you to the show. Um, I guess we'll start with... Uh, you have any questions, Marky, that you specifically would like to ask? Yes, Robert, say something about this podcast you've been doing. I, you know, I've never listened, unfortunately. I will have to go and listen now, but uh, it seems interesting. Tell us about it. Yeah, so me and some of my best friends from both home and here, uh, we do a podcast called the Midwest Monsters Podcast, and it's mm -hmm. a horror movie podcast. Um, <laughs> and that's it. I'm 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 the only. Uh, the only clergy on that podcast, so it's not like a bunch of clergy sitting around talking about horror movies. No, just a bunch of dudes talking about horror movies. I've been doing it for about 10 years now, um, so we've got a, a long catalog. We put out two episodes a month. Um, yeah, but it, it all started, I had just heard a podcast back when podcasts were like a new thing, and it was actually guys from Indiana talking about horror movies, and I thought, well, I can do that. <laughs> so... Uh, Back when all middle-aged, back before all middle-aged white guys had a podcast, we had a podcast, and so, um, yeah, so uh, we, we go to horror movie conventions, we meet celebrities and interview them occasionally, and uh, just all in all, just try to have a good time. Who's your favorite celebrity you've ever interviewed from the horror genre? Probably Tony Todd. Uh, he's the guy who plays Candyman. Oh, yeah. Among a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But, we, we thought he was way too famous for us to interview him, and we were walking around this convention in Chicago, and it was a Friday night, so Friday nights are kind of slow. Saturdays are the big day. And we walk by, and we've got our, our logo gear, podcast gear on, and he goes, he's, hey, hey, 
like Tony Todd's waving us down, like you know, <laughs> superstar Tony Todd. We, what's Midwest Monsters? Oh, it's our podcast. Because do you interview celebrities? Yeah, we do. Why haven't you interviewed me? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and we were like, uh, well, sir, uh, I said, would you want to do an interview? Because yeah, there's nothing going on. You can interview me if you want to. And we look at each other, me and my buddy. We've had a fair amount to drink at this point. <laughs> like, oh, no. can we interview Tony Todd right now? <laughs> yeah, get it together, you know, slap each other a little bit. All right, we got this, we got this. And we sat down, had a wonderful interview with him. Just could not be a nicer guy and just accomplished both on film and stage. And so he's just, he was a really neat guy. And to be asked by him to interview him, he was a real treat. That's very cool. That was very cool. Mm, so, cool. Jesse, yes, um, and Robert, sure. I do have a question. A little more, uh, especially since we are here, we are in Pride Month. Um, I'd just like to hear because the, the whole part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to capture stories. And one of the things I would I would love to hear is both of your journey to be being because you're both affirming as leadership in churches. How did you get there? Oh, that's a great question. I'll go first, I guess. Yeah, uh, sure. uh, man, um, a long journey, honestly. Um, I grew up very, 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 very conservative. Um, like, my mom wanted to, divorce, wanted to divorce my dad, and my dad wouldn't sign papers because that's not what we do. That's how conservative we grew up. Wow. Um, so, and at one time, I worked, worked at a Baptist church. So if that gives you a little background of the conservativeness that I've come from. Um, I got hired by a, a gentleman to do some parachurch ministry, and he kind of walked me down that path a little bit. But what the, the, the conversation that really threw me for a loop and made me think about it was I was talking to a female pastor that was my boss, because I did children, youth, and um, college ministry stuff um, at the churches I worked at. Um, we were talking about this, and I said, why did you choose to be affirming? And she said that as a woman in ministry, she doesn't want anybody to question her calling as a pastor. So how, what gives her the right to question anybody else's calling, or who they are? And that question really worked on me for months, and it got me to the point where I made a decision that I'm just going to love people regardless of where they're at. And and that's kind of the, I mean, that's a sh very short version of a very long story, but that's the main main thing that got me to the affirming part. That was the main part that, that like, main, you know, that was bit you that did the bug that wouldn't let go. That's the bug that wouldn't let go, exactly. So um, that's kind of what led. And I'm still very uneducated when it comes to being, um, you know, all the terminology and all that kind of stuff when it comes to LBGTQ plus um, area of life. And, you know, I ask for a lot of grace in that when I run around people that are in that um, life. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning a lot. So Very cool. Tag yeah. Robert. Yeah. Robert? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't grow up in church, so I don't have any, like, conservative religious baggage growing up, and so that was never something I really needed Love to, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah <I never> <laughs> so that's something I never had to, like, deconstruct or work through.
through. Now, I did grow up like politically conservative, you know. Um, uh, it was funny though, pro-gun, pro-union, so figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't say that growing up I was any more homophobic than your average like Midwest white kid uh, rural setting, if you know what I mean. So I, other than just calling my friends derogatory terms, I don't remember being particularly malicious about it or having any like strong anti-feelings. Um, but it really became a thing no, let's take one more step back. In growing up, I also had a, uh, a lesbian babysitter um, in my youth. And at that early age, my mom had kind of like instilled in me that just people don't choose to be gay or be straight, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which was incredibly progressive for the late 80s, early 90s. Yes, mm -hmm. very much so. Very much so. Um, and so it's just been instilled in me that just people are people at that from that young mm -hmm. age, you know. And so it didn't really become a thing religiously um our church came out the the evangelical lutheran church in america in 2009 with their sexuality statement that said previously our stance was um you know that you could be a gay pastor but you had to be celibate all right mm -hmm. gay or lesbian mm -hmm. but had to be celibate in 2009 they came out and this was before gay marriage was legal across the land and they came out and said you could be clergy gay and in a Committed monogamous lifelong relationship. That was the terminology that they used at the time. And so it was around 2009 that I really needed to start um, coming up with an apologetic for being uh, inclusive and affirming. Because before then, I could just be inclusive and affirming that I wasn't leadership, I wasn't clergy. And around 2009, I was mm -hmm. at the campus ministry. And so now that our church had given language to this, to say that, that, that we are taking this step, it was at that time that it didn't change how I felt about the subject, because I'd always been affirming up to that point, but it, it came a point where I needed to understand the theology and the apologetics around it. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you. So you made me think of something else. I wasn't that way. I grew up that that was wrong. Mm -hmm. I grew up that that was a sin. I grew up that those people were going to hell. I, I grew up that so I don't think I ever heard the word sin in my household growing up. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I heard it all the time. <laughs> uh, and uh, mostly because I was screwing up. But that's not, that, we won't go down that path. But um, no, and to deconstruct that in my life has been really hard. Um, just because, you know, the, the learning that that's a judgment that's not my job, that's God's job. And whether it is or not, I don't care. I mean, and that sounds bad. I, I don't believe it is a sin. I really don't. Because I believe that people are that way. That's just who they are. Yeah. And I, I can't believe a loving God would allow somebody to be made that way and be bound for eternity. And whether you believe hell is a real place or not, we won't go there either. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so deconstructing all of that has been a lot of work over problems. And it's, it's been within the past six, five, six years for me. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, uh, to say that a loving God would, would condemn consenting adults who want to love and walk through this life together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Makes no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole, whole idea, actually, is, is to have that kind of healthy relationship, that partnership. Yeah. 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 I was, you know, you, you're mentioning, I heard you both say one household, you didn't hear the word sin, the other household, you heard it the whole time. Mm -hmm. 
my household, I never heard the word sin either. My mother grew up Southern Baptist. Mm. We didn't go Southern Baptist. We did do some Baptists and some Methodists when I was very young. But uh, I only heard of that church. My mother didn't bring it home. It was never discussed at home like that. Mm. My home was also a pro-union home, so that was always first and foremost. Was how you know not only you know what the union was standing for, but just how you treat people in general. Mm. Um, but the church stuff was never brought home. Mm. Um, but I got enough of it at church <laughs> that I was bad and it was horrible. And of course, as a kid, you try not to tell anybody. Oh, that's me you're talking about because it'll make it worse, right? Yeah. Um, but over time, you know, you know, dealing with other people and dealing with religious groups and campus ministry was both a savior for me. That's one of the things I, I, I really appreciate about the two of you doing campus ministry. But it was also a place of just conflict. And that was over the issue of sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I don't have much contact with, I don't have any contact with those people anymore. Um, part of that was because once they found out, they walked away, yep. you know. Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering, you know, with, with this, you know, our mixed family backgrounds and church backgrounds, are you experiencing any of that, especially you, Jesse, are you experiencing any of that where, you know, you, you've left, you left the Baptists, mm -hmm. and now you're part of the Methodists, you know, you're, you still, your parents are still alive. Well, my, my, my mom is. My dad died when I was okay. 17. Okay, that's right. Yeah. And, and you, you know, your family's not far, I mean, in this area. They're, they're close. And, and probably, you know, you got some connections with some kids from high school, you know, that now adults, whatever. Um, do you, do you have that kind of conflict? Do you oh, have yeah. that kind of thing going on? Oh, yeah, on? yeah, yeah. Um, a lot, actually. Um, my mom is the only one in our family um, okay. Except for me. Um, and a quick side note, there's a branch breaking off from the Methodist Church called the Global Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. um, they are more conservative. The United Methodists is, uh, would be more progressive. Um, and that's the reason for the split. They're trying to define, mm -hmm. um, they're trying to be more inclusive. And there's a, a conservative part that doesn't want to be, so they're breaking off. So just to give you a little sense of that. My mom's church, where she goes, is breaking off. Mm -hmm. They're going toward the conservative side. Mm -hmm. The church that I work at in Muncie is staying with the United, with, with Methodist, the United Methodist, so they're more progressive. Um, and so I would say I would be overwhelmingly more progressive than the rest of my family. Um, and we haven't... Now, I will say this. I've got a couple t-shirts that say, um, everything changes when it's someone you know. Mm -hmm. And my oldest sister would have been somebody who would have spoke out, but her stepson came out as gay like a year and a half ago, and her and her husband would have been really conservative. I mean, that's just where they're at, and um, they've changed their tune quite a bit, and mm -hmm. it's because it's someone they know, and someone they, they love, and they yeah. care about, yep. Yep. and um, so yeah, I, I, I get pushed back. I, I know that my former boss at the Baptist Church probably thinks I'm a heretic, and that's fine. Um, you know, I, I got told by a friend of mine, it might have been you, Robert, that said that if, the, your, if your past self doesn't think your current self is a 
<laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that statement 100. Yeah, percent Now I stole yeah. that from somebody. Oh, it's yeah. not mine originally. Yeah, but, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've had a lot of um, like I was before we got on here today. I have a friend who feels like they need to make sure that I have all the facts before I make these decisions because he doesn't want me to come across as a supportive idiot. Mm-hmm. Is I think the term he used, mm-hmm. and so um, which I know it's out of love, and I get that, but. Yeah, I get a lot of pushback sometimes. Um, it's kind of one of those things where it's easier not to talk about in those, in those settings. You just, you know. You stay agree, quiet. Agree to disagree mm-hmm. and move on. You know, we've, we've had a couple of pretty heated discussions at family get-togethers. And, and um, you know, I usually get ganged up on a little bit. Not a lot, but, I mean, it's not malicious. It's just they're sticking up for what they believe and value and stuff like that. And then we agree to disagree and then we move on. We don't talk about it. I know for me, um, it's funny because I, I was listening to both your stories, and I kind of have a mix of both. Because um, I didn't grow up Christian. I didn't even grow up growing in a church. Nothing. I mean, um, so, but I became a, an evangelical Christian, fundamentalist Christian, and I went hard, you know. However, there was one thing I never let go of, and that was that people had fundamental rights. I always believed that. That was from the union upbringing I had because my father was a union member for 35 years. Um, and that people, you know, my parents were both Democrats. Um, you know, and uh, so I was always like, well, gay marriage should be legal because it's, you know, it's constitutional. Why not? That makes sense. And that used to put me at odds with a lot of evangelicals. Um, they would say, well, why? Because it's the Constitution is what runs the country, not the Bible. Um, and that used to get me in a lot of hot water. And then I just kind of went through the deconstruction process that you were talking about. Uh, that took me a while. Uh, that started probably right after 9-11, uh, to be honest. That, that probably started me down the path of uh, deconstruction. But when it came to, I, so I believed it was a sin, but it was, you know, God would love you anyway. And then I finally came to a place where I was affirming. Um, I know it's a long journey. Um, I'm trying to think of a question that I'm going to lead to here. Um, but, uh, what, I mean, in lo- losing those friends and those people that, you know, I mean, cause you didn't, you didn't really lose a whole lot. You pretty much, you know, Robert, um, but I, I lost my question. Um, going to have to cut this part out. Um, it's. I will say, it's interesting, though, I really haven't lost any, but I think a lot of that has to do with just in the way that I engage people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, Marky and I, we've talked a lot about, you know, I, I dabble, I run in so many different circles. I've got conservative circles of friends, and I've mm-hmm. got liberal circles of friends, and because I'm just willing to engage in conversation and not make everything an argument, yep. I think mm-hmm. that it's kept a lot of people from cutting me out or, or, mm-hmm. or saying they'll never talk to me again or thinking I'm the scum of the earth. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a handful. There are, you know. Um, they just think that it's, there's always those people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and are you really living a life worth living if there aren't those people? Um, so, yeah, so it is interesting in that I, I think that that's something important to note for everybody is this idea of just the way in which we engage and have these conversations with people about um, just not... 
not about you and your relationships with them, but how you help or hurt whatever cause you're supporting. <laughs> and on that note, just for clarity, most of the people that push back on me, I haven't lost as friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just, they, it's, I, I feel like I'm the same way you are. I yeah. engage in conversation. You know, it's not judgment, it's not anything. It's, mm -hmm. it's let's have a conversation. And if we agree to disagree at the end, that's fine, you know. Um, and so. Jesse and I are both Leos, can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are too. I am too. Well, <laughs> lone cancer here. That's, that's crazy. I thought I was really? the only one that was an outcast because I didn't grow up union. Um, I don't have a podcast. I'm a middle-aged guy, so I don't have one of those. You know, anyway. But, um, I, I'm literally just getting a podcast, yeah, so leave me alone. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I just, just for clarity, I just wanted to make that clear because yeah. just in case one of those people yeah. listen to this and I don't, want to, I don't yeah. want to come across as like, oh, everybody's pushing. No, that's not, that's not the case. It's just been a couple, you know, every once in a while I'm going to push back or something like that. I mean, it's, it's just, and I know that that um, they're doing what they think is right. And I respect that. I do. Um, it's just, I know where I'm at. And I, I'm going to stand where I'm at. Mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes that causes some intense conversation. Sure. I wouldn't say a fight. Some of that, sometimes they just shake their head and walk away. Mm -hmm. I think some people that have, early on, for me, who you know pushed me aside or walked away or just cut off conversation and communications with me. Uh, some of that might be just that. This is what they believe. They're not changing. And that's it. Yeah. But I think some of them were having enough struggles of their own on whatever's going on in their life. Yeah. It was just, I can't handle anymore. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just, I'm going to move along and, and, and deal with my own struggles. Mm -hmm. And who knows where they're at now? I mean, they, and, and I think some some of these people, because they were young, like I was, you know, in our twenties, probably also dealing with sexuality issues, you know, and relationship issues. And so, having people around sometimes, you know, reminds them too much, and they get real uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. know yep. what to do, what to ask, where to go. And and I think the the thing that I most appreciate, Robert, in our conversations, um, has been around the idea of grace. That so many of us, when we were younger, would have really benefited <laughs> from those honest conversations where we, we have, we're surrounded you know, by grace and, and have a real understanding of what grace is about. It, it's, for some reason, you know, it's now that we're older, you know, for me, I'm much older now, but I'm older than most of you guys, that now I'm, you know, I'm feeling that and sensing it far more than I did when I was younger. And I just wish that that had been my experience when I was younger. Right? So that's one of the things I appreciate about all three of you is that you're all in your 40s and you're already experiencing that and become that role model for younger people. And, uh, you know, and you're all working with young people. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing especially for young LGBTQ plus kids, is grace. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, we're asking for forgiveness all the time when we don't get all the terms right. You know, I mean, I'm a lesbian, but I, I still have problems with all the terms some days, you know, because everybody, <laughs> it changes so much. And every few years, okay, there's a new way of looking at things. And it's yeah. like, okay, give me a little room here, you know. Mm -hmm. 
give me some forgiveness sin as I because you know we're people and we're, we're all we're all still in process we're all, process. We're all still exactly. learning I mean yes of course us exactly. all being men in our 40s and and yourself being a little older not much older um thank you, uh, thank you. yeah you know um yeah you, we all we're all still learning because the world is changing yes it you is know right and now. it's changing around us and we can either keep up or try to keep up or we can be left behind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um now i do i would like you both if you could uh to say just a, a few words um because i would like to if i could be able to share this with uh i work with muncie outreach mm-hmm. um and i know from my personal experience and just the people I've talked to that are LGBTQ, that maybe are not, everyone has a desire to have a spiritual life. Um, and there's very few places in Muncie, Indiana, where a kid can walk into and feel welcomed uh, that is LGBTQ. Um, say just a little bit about what your theology would br- how that you would bring them in and how you would make them feel and how you make them feel comforted uh, in that setting because again so often these kids have been you know told you're not right that you're broken that there's something wrong with it you, you need to repent mm-hmm. say a kid 16 year old kid who's struggling with their their sexual identity or even their gender how would you welcome Man, that's a really good question. And, you know, the way I look at that is, you know, as a Christian, we follow Jesus and and his teachings and the way he worded things and everything. And his final command was love, just as I have loved. Jesus constantly loved the marginalized, the broken, the, the people who were outcast. The woman at the well who has had seven husbands and whatever. The, the, the prostitute who was going to be stoned and stepped in the way. Um, and, at, you know, we've, at Community of Hope, our, um, our uh, youth group's called 765 Ministries because we want to encompass the entire area code of Muncie, Indiana. And we've been, we've the churches that Robert's College Ministry is involved with, that's who's involved with our youth group. It's, it's an ecumenical youth group, which is amazing. Um, it happened organically, and it's pretty awesome. But, um, and I just lost my thought. Shoot. Being 40 is awesome. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I want to incorporate that into the youth group that we have. And so... I think it just involves honest conversations. And I would also, because I'm still learning, I'm very new to this, I have no problem bringing somebody in who's going to usher that person along. Mm-hmm. I've got two or three people who are trans who would love to be able to talk with a person who's dealing with, with um, you know, sexual identity. I, you know, I know that if I had somebody wondering their their sexuality, I know I could reach out to Marky and she would be able to talk to them about her journey. And and because as much as I want to be empathetic to that, I've never dealt with that. So being able to have some some people that I trust and know to be able to walk with them 
is a valuable asset. And to be able to develop a, a area, a place where everybody's welcome and everybody's loved, that is the goal at 765 Student Ministries right there. Um, it, it's, that's the goal. Uh, and and um, I don't know if all of our students are there yet. I, I can't answer that because we haven't really experienced it yet. Yeah. I, I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to go if we do have somebody come in who is dealing with those issues. Um, and and I just that the thing I, w- I want to make sure that I do is just make sure that I love them and don't and don't don't do something that's going to that they're going to have to unlearn eventually. So is it possible actually that there are kids in your youth group oh, right absolutely. now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, grew up Methodist or yeah. maybe they're Presbyterian or whoever they are. It's absolutely. I mean, we've got. I mean, if you look at statistics alone, we've got. I mean, if everybody came, we'd have about twenty-five students. Yeah, there's somebody dealing with something. Because mm-hmm. um, first of all, they're kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids are dealing yeah. with all kinds I mean, of stuff yeah. all the time. I mean, but especially whenever it comes to you know those two topics that you mm-hmm. brought up, gender identity and, and sexuality. There, there's got to be somebody in there that's dealing with that. Yeah. Heck, it could even be my own kid. And that's fine, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I just, um, I think she is, but that doesn't mean that they're, you know, she isn't. Um, but um, I just, I want to make sure that they're, they're, we're open for conversations. Being able to, to have that conversation in, in a safe place where they can, they can be who they are. you had said theologically, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, Jesse did a great job of covering the relational aspect, and that those are things that, that I feel that my congregation embodies, those are the things that the campus ministry embodies, and those mm-hmm. look different because primarily we're it's college age at the campus ministry, and then uh, all ages at the congregation, but it's, it's those were already ingrained in those, those uh, places before I got there, mm-hmm. and so I, I just got to walk into something that I didn't have to spend a whole lot more time shaping because they already had that identity of welcoming and affirming. But you, you asked, the, you, you raised the point of theologically, and, and I just think of these, these quick go-to passages because people have been clobbered with passages their whole life, right? Passages taken out of context, mm-hmm. passages that are right next to other passages that people ignore because it applies to them. You know, uh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, that's simple because you do that. Oh, the next one, no, that one doesn't apply anymore. That's a Passes, passages poorly translated into English that, yes, you know, means exactly. something else. Yeah, all kinds of things. Yeah. But I think about some really important things, and these are, these are things that I bring to conversations when people ask me how, how I justify these things theologically. And, and two of them are from Acts. One is Peter and his vision of all the animals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord shows Peter this vision of all these animals and says, Peter, arise, kill and eat. And Peter says, no, Lord, there's unclean animals there. And God says, what I have called clean, you don't call profane. Mm-hmm. And it's right after that that Peter is, is called to go to the home of Gentiles and eat with Gentiles and then baptize Gentiles into this new Jesus movement. And when the other Jews uh, back in Jerusalem heard about it, they were pissed. Can I cuss on this podcast? Oh. Yes, you can. <laughs> it, 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 it's under the explicit, so. But 
Peter said, you know, I had a vision from God who said yeah. we are not to call things unclean that God has made clean. And he said, don't, don't make any distinction between us and them, is mm -hmm. what the voice told Peter. Follow these Gentiles and don't make any distinction between you and them. He says, if the Holy Spirit had come upon them just as it had come upon us, who am I that I could hinder God? And if the Holy Spirit has come upon the LGBTQ community as it has come upon me, who am I that I could hinder God? That's a big one. Uh, Philip baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch. You know, split. I mean, this guy's got to make. Philip sees this Ethiopian eunuch reading scripture. He's like, that's strange. And he goes and he talks. He, he reads through Isaiah with this guy. And, and Philip goes, well, you know who that's talking about? And he's like, I don't know. Who am I to know unless someone tells me? He says, this is about Jesus. And he tells him about Jesus. And, and Philip's about to be on his way. And the guy's like, there's water over there. What's preventing you from baptizing me into this movement? Philip's got a decision to make here. Mm -hmm. This guy's Ethiopian. This guy's a eunuch. He's got a lot of cards stacked against him in the Jewish world. But Philip, moved by the Spirit, baptizes this guy. Because the new movement includes mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people use Paul to clobber other folks. But, like, you look at Paul's readings, and in Romans, you hear that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. Height nor depth, rulers, principalities, powers, none of that can separate us from the love of Christ. So who is left out of that point that's separated? And then, again, in Galatians, in Christ there is no male or female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Well, you can tell somebody's had some seminary. Well, yeah, the other person has Well, but but I mean, I, I thank you, I thank you both because that is perfect because you gave the relational yeah, and you gave really the theological important. and you had mentioned you know in, in how two thousand nine having a theology for it that was part of the reason I threw that word in yeah. there is I was hoping to hear some sort because again somebody who's a Christian is going to possibly listen mm -hmm. to this podcast they want some sort of theological understanding yeah. yes. you know they're 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 going to want to be able to because again the Bible is considered the the you know, the main text of everything that stands within Christianity, so therefore they're going to want to hear that. And that, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Robert, for that. And that Peter passage in Acts is, is one of my favorites. Yeah. It, it is, because it's, it, it just it encompasses everybody. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Nothing is unclean. Nothing is unclean. No one is unclean. Yep. So. God is made clean. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, too, because Peter, he had the vision on his own, but he had to have witnesses with him to see what he did with the Gentiles. And those witnesses had to report back to Jerusalem. Like, Jerusalem mm -hmm. just wasn't going to take him at his word, yeah. you know? And then, and then they, the room was quiet after he tells this story, and they finally rejoiced. And so I think that's ongoing, too, because Peter and Paul would go on to have rivalries after that about who had authority to, to expand mm -hmm. these teachings. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about how we're a work in progress, Sometimes we forget because we look at this Bible as this magic book that fell out of the sky. When it's really a book, especially the New Testament, written by guys trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. struggling with each other as they figured it out. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I just I think that's the beauty of ongoing. Uh, our Jewish friends call and it. And that is why sometimes we have all these different denominations that feel like they have to separate themselves in the way that they will then interpret those scriptures. Yeah. And yeah. they forget get about the whole, they want to look at some small little thing and keep dividing yes. as a way to protect their themselves. Yeah. 
and what they do then is right, and what everybody else does is wrong. And, and that, I mean, that sets up a, a barrier, not just confusion, but a barrier to those who are seeking, you know, some refuge or seeking comfort or seeking answers. Um, because they don't, they don't, there's no, I can't trust you. You're, well, you've, you've been excluding me. I can't trust you. Yeah. Well, so why don't I trust you guys? I mean, what is it that you do really that says I can trust you? respectful of their time mm-hmm. yeah, I know that Jesse definitely. said he had somewhere to be and I know Robert said I'm I'm sure Robert has somewhere to be um, I'd rather stay do this but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, well, appreciate you all coming and having a cup of coffee with us and sitting and talking I you know this is awesome uh, yeah this, this is a great conversation um, if there's anything you'd like to uh, share uh how people can reach you and find you uh jesse and robert uh um i uh i work at community of hope the united methodist congregation um it's in muncie indiana on main street uh southeast corner of ball state campus um we do youth group every other week um, on sunday evenings at 6 30 to 8 if you are in sixth through 12th grade come join us um it's a fun lively group Chaotic, which is um, uh, yeah. So and I, I'm at the church uh, Monday through Thursday, usually from like nine to one. Um, I can give you my credentials if you want to put it in the tagline or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, go to cohmuncie.org and you can find my email if you would like to. So okay. yeah, um, yeah. Easy, the easiest way, well, no one uses Facebook anymore. These kids don't. But I was going to say you can look up Lutheran <laughs> Church of the Cross on Facebook or Grace Village. Uh, 
BSU on, on Facebook. But yeah, Lutheran Church of the Cross is over on Reeling Avenue. Um, and Grace Village lives at First Presbyterian Church, uh, which is the large church on Riverside, right on the edge of campus. And so you can find me there. Um, and if you want to listen to me waste a lot of air talking about scripture and other things, I do have a YouTube channel, and it's Pericope, P-E-R-I-C-O-P-E, Pericope and Prayer with Pastor Robert. And there's lots of devotional videos and talking about some of the very things we've just talked about here today. Um, you can find some more there. Okay. Um, also, this is Jesse, by the way. Um, my uh, my um, social media handle is longj underscore Jesse. Okay. Well, thank you all so very much for coming and being part of this conversation. Thanks, yeah. 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 It, was, it was a great conversation, a great way to kick off Pride Month. Uh, on our next episode, uh, I don't know who we'll have. Uh, we're, we're taking this week by week. So, um, But anyways, uh, thank you for joining us on Sidewalk Monastery. Uh, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Thank you.